What's happening? Welcome to the Fit to Talk podcast. This is our second ever guest episode, and we have quite the guest for you today. By now, you know what Fit to Talk is. Hopefully, if not, welcome if you're listening for the first time, and you're here for Fit to Talk, which is the podcast in which we break down how we live, how we stay well, how we stay fit and healthy through our lives, whatever our jobs and circumstances might be. It's with me, Stefan Lloyd Evans, and and me, Bobby Windybank. Oh, the first time you hear my voice. There Welcome. it is. Sultry tones. Drink it in. And to introduce that guest, Bobby, take us away. Okay, okay. Well, Today, we have got a fantastic guest with a frankly wild CV. He trained at Central School of Speech and Drama. He's got mad skills on the guitar and the voice of an angel. He's also a playwright and a songwriter, so frankly, he's way too talented to be on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> it's the star of Industry, Game of Thrones, Shadowhunters, Humans, and Torvald and Dean. He loves a bit of Lycra. It's Will Tudor. Hey! <laughs> Thanks very much, guys. It's great to be here. <laughs> Thank you so Love much. The intro, by the way. Fantastic. Or Bobby. Or Bobby. <laughs> <laughs> Many skills. If you want to see pictures of Will and the like from Torval and Dean, they I'll are send on them. Oh, oh, you're getting yeah. up there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> They're there. It's beautiful. It's. Would you describe it as violet? It, it, a shade thereof. A shade, a shade thereof of violet. <laughs> Stunning stuff. Um, yes, welcome, welcome, welcome. Uh, so we've got Will here in the studio with us, uh, apprehensive as ever at the start. No, he looks very relaxed. We're a little more apprehensive than he is, I think. Very apprehensive. He's very attractive. He's very, he walked in. Almost intimidating. I he am quite in. violent as well. Yes, just, just, just putting that on the table. Attractively <laughs> violent. Violently <laughs> attractive. I'm glad you're across the table from us. <laughs> yes. Um, he, he did walk into the um, studio and Bobby was like, my God, he's a good looking. <laughs> and that was before Will was in earshot. Um, but if you've seen photos of him, it's actually true. That is what he looks like. He's a stunning man. Oh, stop it. Um, it. Enough of that. I've known Will for a, <laughs> for a very, very long time. It's my privilege to have you here doing this with us. Thank you, as as discussed. I actually trained with Will mm. in Central School of Speech yes, and Drama, yes, yes. Uh, though nobody would believe it. Um, uh, a long, long time ago, starting out in 20... 2008. 2008 it was, yeah. Oof. So we've known, known each other a long old time. A very long yes. time. Oh, the stories I could tell you. The stories I will tell. <laughs> oh, <laughs> reveal all, okay. That's yeah. a whole second podcast. <laughs> <laughs> so as discussed, you know, you're um, familiar with what this podcast is about. We're going to be speaking about how we stay well, whatever that includes for you. So fit, healthy, mental health across the board. Um, in general, how do you stay well? Is that if you had one sentence to answer that, is that even possible? Oh, right. We're really reducing it. <laughs> yeah. Um, to be honest, that's the whole podcast. It's a, it's a, it's a big, it's a big question. I mean, that's that's the thing. I mean, as you said, there's so many different aspects to what whatever wellness is, um, and I think sometimes the fitness side it it, it helps with the the, the mental side. Um, I think. I mean, look, we're, we're here to talk about fitness. That's what you guys do. Um, and that is a big part of, of how I stay, stay healthy, how I stay on top of things. I think I've noticed that things like cardio, for instance, are very, very useful for my, uh, my mental health. Um, we're all individuals. We all have different ways to, to, keep ourselves on track. And I think, I wonder if mine are quite specific. You know, there's certain things that I will do every day. There's certain things which if I'm working, I'll, I'll need to do. Um, but ultimately they're just ways to kind of ground myself, bring myself back to myself, I suppose. Um, 
I love that. Let's, uh, I want to get into some mm. of those details a little bit later yeah. on. I didn't want to go too specific. No, too no, lovely, on. lovely. Um, let's wind back that clock. Okay, let's, let's reverse it. it. Reverse all the way back <laughs> to when you were young. I'm, I'm a, I, He's still young, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> but when he was very uh, young. Um, and we'll introduce to you the concept of a game we're about to play. Love it. It is called Liar, Liar, Pants on Fire. Woo. It is <laughs> As we're about to be talking about when you were in school and that time of your life. Certainly. We have a request. Okay. Okay. I'm all, I'm all open for requests. We would love you to, when we talk about this section of your life, at some point, to filter in, to slip in there a little lie. Something that is not true. An untruth, if you will. see. So that at, at some point, we will attempt to guess what that lie was. <laughs> we will attempt to guess. We will attempt to guess. We will guess. Okay. <laughs> we may not be successful. No. And we like to keep a tally of how that's going at the yeah. moment. I'm really enjoying the fact that I'm winning. Okay. It's one nil. It's not a really large tally. And, and it, wasn't a fa- it wasn't a fair fight. We both had the same. We both knew, but we've got a rule that you can't yeah. both guess the same thing. How many times do you get to guess? Because I plan to say a lot of things <laughs> that are all lies. <laughs> my name's not Will. I'm not even called Will. I'm, uh, yeah. We'll use Will Tudor's photo, but the man here <laughs> is someone else. Um, happy with that? I'm very happy with this. I'm, I, you know, I'm an actor, so I, I, I lie on a day-to-day basis. Excellent. Excellent. In my normal life, not no, okay. yeah. <laughs> to casting directors mainly. Yeah. Um, so let's start off. Mm. When you were in school, right? What was it like? Did you were you active in school? Did you go to clubs? Did you? Had, what did you feel about PE? It's my schooling is. <laughs> particularly interesting to me. No, it's particularly interesting because I, I boarded from 11. So I actually had a very different experience from birth to 11 and then 11 to 13 and then a different boarding school from 13 to 18. So m- my experiences of what was on offer changed quite significantly. So for instance, at, before I was 11, I grew up in the countryside uh, at a day school. Uh, so I had access to to the great outdoors, you know, whatever that might be. There wasn't so much organized sports per se, but there were miles and miles of places to walk around. There's clambering on hay bales. There's, you know, bikes everywhere, that kind of thing. Um, And then when I went to boarding school at 11, it was a lot more organized sports. I mean, that was again in the countryside, but they had everything on on offer there. They had, you, you know, we, we enforced runs. Oh, oh cross no country. Great. Yeah, cross country Cross running. country. And everyone does it with that smile on, you know, everyone's like, come on, come on. I'm like, oh, uh, <laughs> I, I'm not one for enforced uh, anything. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good political stance. <laughs> it's way more political exactly. than we normally are. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, but yeah, and so, I mean, they kind of, it, it was extraordinary what what you could do there. Um, I think I was incredibly shy, so actually I didn't I didn't really throw myself into team sports initially. That was something which took me a while to do, and it wasn't until my second boarding school that I actually did that. Um, but they they had everything there. You know, that was kind of where I started to notice acting. I didn't I wasn't confident enough to do it at that point. Um, but yeah, they had everything. They had a, a clock tower there, which which we had to abseil when we left. 
What? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You just dropped that in like the most casual thing in the world. They had a clock there. It was, so basically, it was so high, this place, that they they used um, RAF fighters used it as a waypoint. So every so often, you'd see these F-14s or whatever they were fly over the school. And our little 11-year-old here is going, ah! Um, but it was extraordinary. They had this thing here, and, and you could sort of see above the cloud line on top of it. It was absolutely beautiful. But uh, but yeah, as we as we left, we uh... wow. So you said you didn't really take part in the team sports that much. Sorry, at that, at that point, yeah. But then, oh, did you did you do anything individual? Uh, I did a lot of stuff individually. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, sports wise, um, so I, I say I didn't take part. We all did that stuff, but I suppose I mean in terms of me actively going after doing that. Mm. So we do the the rugby, the football, the cricket. Uh, with cricket, it was usually me. As far out in the field as possible, <laughs> <laughs> hoping and positioning myself. If, if the if the batter was uh, right-handed, positioning myself on the other side. <laughs> well played. Well yeah. played. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, I got it down. with cricket, right? I got, I got it down. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> um, but yeah, so so that was it. Was it was really good? But I think perhaps that experience. Th- distanced me slightly from uh, from fitness, whereas. I very much got into the sort of more cerebral side of things with reading and that kind of thing at that stage. Um, but then when I got to the second boarding school, it, that sort of changed. And I was um, I was the house captain for squash uh, there, which I know squash can be one of those joke sports where people go, I play, I play squash. Uh, but I actually did. <laughs> squash is so intense. Squash is amazing. It's I, crazy. I would love to play it more. And actually... That is something which I I think is really worth saying is that squash is a game that I I enjoy so much and that actually translates what I'd like to do fitness wise, my fitness goals, as if you will, you know, something that's kind of more social and more kind of out there. Because I do find uh, my fitness at the moment is just functional. It's just to, to... do something, whereas squash was always something where I'd hurtle round and I'd uh, probably come away with a lot of bruises, but I would feel great <laughs> after doing it. As all good sports should be. Yeah. Bruises. <laughs> bruises. <laughs> what a glowing recommendation for sport. <laughs> come, get beaten up playing sport. <laughs> um, let me just go back to something you said about all of those sports that you were sort of encouraged to do slash had to do, whether you chose to or not. Mm. How do you think that affected you? That that sounds like quite a lot of activity. You mentioned mm. football, rugby and cricket, mm-hmm. like per week. That means you're actually really quite active, even though you weren't even choosing those. Yeah, yeah. I, I think that was a real strength of the school is that y- you were thrown into everything. I mean, it was hard not to be because, it, like I say, if you picture this place, it's it, it's hills everywhere. They had a woodland that, that you could, and people frequently did, get lost in. Uh, it had this sort of old ice house in it you know it was amazing amazing place um and you yeah 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 what's an ice house <laughs> so uh, a, a sort of brick structure built very deep into the ground so you can actually back in the day that's where they'd store and or make ice so picture the fridge you know the fridge with the little dispenser i, I think yes. i know <laughs> but it, take that back a couple of hundred years <laughs> is it still made by smeg <laughs> that's what i need to know <laughs> That's amazing. Mm. Um, at what point did you start to become, because it's worth uh, listeners who are less familiar with you, I hope you don't mind me saying, you're in excellent shape. 
Oh, well, thank you very much. So, thank you. Um, I agree. <laughs> <laughs> and you have, for the time I've known you, you have always been in excellent shape. So that has changed. I mean, I, it, obviously, I'm I'm me, so I chart that, and I, I'm sure we'd all say that we we have different points when we've been in better shape than others. Um, sorry, I've, I've cut off your question, but it was interesting. No, 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 get in there. No, no. Um, this is actually about you. Please. <laughs> um, I was just going to say it. How much of that do you think, you know, were you always in that sort of good shape? But do you think that staying that active during secondary school meant that you were always sort of physically then quite able? I think perhaps. I think, if I'm honest, I think maybe I'd been very lucky growing up where I did. You know, we'd get out and do walks every weekend. I think that being out and about, you know, my parents always said, you know, get out the house, get, you know, get out into nature. That I think you're right. I think that definitely did help. Although I I do remember at university making a concerted effort to start doing more what, what one might consider fitness. You know, I'd, I'd buy the weights and uh, look up online and I knew nothing then. I knew absolutely nothing. In fact, I remember very distinctly one of the first times I tried to do it and I overdid it and I woke up and I could barely move my arms. I think we've probably all been there. but <laughs> We've definitely all been there. Those T-Rex arms yeah. where you can't eat food. You're like, oh, okay, fantastic. That's that was about it. two days ago. Yeah. <laughs> oh, there, I'm there right now. Yeah. <laughs> um, that's so intriguing. So you mentioned, we should say that... Uh, uh, we've mentioned that you trained with me at Central School of Speech and yes. Drama, and you just mentioned university. Yes. Ah, yeah. Oh, these two separate things. They are, yeah, they are. Yes. Will is so intelligent. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not showing it right now. <laughs> um, yes, no, I, so I did a, a degree. Uh, I did, did, did it. I did a degree in English. Uh, <laughs> I, I was able to learn how to read, but not how to speak. <laughs> yeah. um, uh, in English at Leicester University um, before I did drama school, and I, I think that was that was really good for me. I, I, I having that kind of breadth of of reading was really really helpful for me. Now I think in terms of actually we're talking about wellness. You know, I think reading is a is a big part of my wellness. You know, keeping me active, keeping me. Giving opportunity to kind of escape into different worlds is very important to me. I realise that's a different side of wellness, but it's it's all yeah. It's equally, something that it's I equally find. important. Yeah. So I think you find wellness in a manner of different places, mm, and I think yeah. that's important. I think it kind of wellness is such an individual thing. Mm. You have to find those things that that get you to that point, whether it's mental health or physical health. Like, yeah, it's important, and that's a big. That's definitely a big part of mental health for me. I think. Yeah. I do think that's important, especially as we go through our episodes of this, that um, people are aware that we're not saying that the only way to stay well is to be uh, fit. You know, it's mm -hmm. about finding whatever works mm -hmm. for each person. And we're not mm -hmm. saying that there's a black and white way of doing that. That's actually why we wanted to have guests on mm -hmm. to go, what do you do? What does it mean to you? Yeah. yeah. And we're not trying to challenge that because mm -hmm. obviously it's a fact of mm -hmm. for you what what helps you get through life in a way that mm. gives you joy. That was actually our, when we originally came up with this idea of doing this podcast, our original question that we were going to ask all the guests was, what is wellness to you? Mm. And mm. I think that's kind of running through this. That's the most important thing because it's, like we said, it's such a personal thing. Mm. Like one person's wellness is another, is completely different to somebody else's. Mm. So, A hundred percent. Now you mentioned university and that's when you started to 
picking up some heavy things and putting them back down again. Um, I became a mover. Yeah. Ah. <laughs> Repeated lifting. Um, so that's where you first started what doing weights and you said you ended up with T-Rex arms. Where did you get the, um, where did you find the information to do that? What, when you went to the gym for the first time, mm. who told you what to do? Well, do you know what? I, I, it took me a long time to actually go to a gym. I think I found the whole process quite intimidating. I think as a lot of people do. Um, so actually, also I'm, I'm as a person, I'm quite, and this might be a result of sort of going away at an early age, but I'm, I'm kind of fiercely independent. I'm determined to do things m- on my own way or, and, and how that translated to fitness at the beginning was very much, I will order the weights. I will do it in my house on my own time. Uh, and so I went on, as everybody does, I went on Google. I think I, I did like workout routine. I think that's probably literally what I wrote wrote in. And I, I got one which served me for a long time, actually. Uh, and it wasn't until later that I realized you kind of had to <laughs> shift it and do different things. Otherwise, you're just going to end up like in a curled ball. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, that and it was really good. I, I really enjoyed it. I think as as for a lot of people, I think with weights, it, it, it came down to a trying to in an almost a, a kind of cosmetic way, which I, I, I hate to say that, but it, it, it probably started that way because I'd already, always been incredibly slim um, and I, I'm incredibly fortunate to be so and to have a metabolism which would burn through those Krispy Kremes, <laughs> which I hope it still does because I do like my Krispy Kremes. <laughs> um, don't we all? <laughs> In fact, <laughs> I, I don't mind sharing that I had a donut time yesterday. We're not, they're not oh. sponsors, but if they're listening. That sounds like you had a sort of an hour where you were just going free for all on donuts. Donut. <laughs> it, was, it was Stefan's donut time. I this had, is donut time. I had time for donuts. Um, you mentioned actually about food there. Mm. What was that like growing up? Mm. So what did your family you know, if, did your family cook or how did you eat? And especially when you went to boarding school, talk us through some of that. Again, I, I was very, very lucky with this. Um, I think very early on, um, I sort of noticed the passion that my family had for cooking. My my dad's still, you know, super keen on trying out new recipes. And we'd all, always on the TV, pretty much every evening, there'd be a cooking show. Um, so in terms of a curiosity about how you make a dish. I always used to think it was like alchemy, really. You know, you put this in, you put that in, and it becomes this completely different thing that's bigger than the sum of its parts. Mm. Um, and, and to the point that I actually, uh, contrary to what I've ended up doing, I actually wanted to be a chef when I was six years old. I, I We had this little, <laughs> we, we had to draw these, uh, like a little circle and in a star of and a picture of us when we were an adult and what we wanted to be. And I drew a, uh, I drew a chef. For some reason, I had a chef's hat and a, and a twiddly moustache, which I, I as, as hard as I try, I haven't actually been able to produce the moustache. Uh, um, we both tried once. It was for a show. It didn't go well. It didn't go well. Um, if it helps, off. Oh, gosh. when I was six, I wanted to be a train. And you are, Steph. And I am. I've made it. I'm ready for well, you. To- you do train, so you're halfway there. <laughs> yeah. Ah, you could be in Starlight Express. Ooh. There you go. So Maybe. you can be a real train. I don't think I have the knees. <laughs> <laughs> the oh, knees. I love that. Casting must have certain type of knees. <laughs> With images. Must yeah. just have knees. <laughs> Steph doesn't have knees. It's fair. They are basically gravel. Yeah. Um, um, in, uh, to add to what I, I was saying, um, and then it's interesting, obviously, boarding school where your meals are 
prepared for you in a very different way to how they are uh, at home. Um, again, very lucky in that the choices we were given were expansive. Uh, and I've spoken to a lot of other people who've been to different boarding schools and they were not so lucky. I was really, really fortunate that actually they were meals that you'd look forward to eating. Um, and there was a salad bar and this kind of stuff. So incredibly lucky. But I always retained that interest in what I eat and the a kind of joy of, of nuance of flavor and that kind of thing. Um, do I live up to it now? I'm not so sure. <laughs> Did I have the pizza last night? Yes. Did I have the remnants for lunch before this podcast? Yes. <laughs> we don't need to ask questions. <laughs> Will will ask them himself. <laughs> Tell me about your... <laughs> well, I know. Um, that's so interesting. Did they... I'm curious about this. Mm. Did they control your portions? Obviously, you said there was a salad bar, which was up to you. Yes. Uh, did they? I mean, you'd sort of go along in a line with a tray and they'd, they'd put some on. I think you could probably say, I'd like some more, please, or, you know, in a very Oliver Twist kind of way. No. <laughs> it, 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 they were large portions, but, you know, we again, it was quite an active sort of lifestyle, which was in force. Mm. You know, for instance... Don't get me wrong, we we played our share of Counter-Strike, but we <laughs> we were forced onto runs and that kind of thing, which looking back is a very, very good thing. So we were kept very active. Plus, it was quite a big campus, so you had to walk quite a long way to get to science. <laughs> um, so was the sport quite competitive? I know you're obviously kind of thrown into it and you're it's kind of forced on you. Was that competitive side, did it come from the school or did it come from you guys? Mm. Or yeah, what was it kind of like in that sense? It was competitive. It Again, I think the, there was, I know there are some schools where the sports people are the people to emulate. I mean, gosh, you look at a lot of American TV and that's the, that's the, the idea that's projected. We were lucky in that, certainly from my perspective, the things that were valued were were kind of individualism and were ideas and that kind of thing. So actually the the competitiveness within sport wasn't it was it never felt oppressive for sure. I mean granted I never I probably doing myself too much <laughs> giving myself too much benefit of the doubt by saying that I never tried to get in the A teams. I think it's probably likely that I would never have gotten into them anyway had I tried. <laughs> um, but but yeah, I, I I think that that certainly never was a thing that I I felt was the case. Um, to the point actually that when I was doing uh, squash, um, I'm not even sure I won that many games because I personally I I'm more about the experience than the competition. I think in life actually yeah. I'm very much more that the 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 experience in and of itself is what's important. Um, I, I do wonder sometimes maybe whether actually that there is a real benefit to competition that, um, you know, for, for a myriad of things, self-esteem, you know, so many different things. Um, but uh, that certainly wasn't something that I particularly experienced, I think. I think it was just you know, the, take, the taking part. That sounds so lame, doesn't it? <laughs> just the taking part, taking part that counts. No, it, but it, 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 was, it was not an unhealthy level of competition. Yeah. I mean, I think I feel like at, I, cause I went to a boarding school as well. Mm. I didn't board at that boarding school. I was a day pupil at that boarding school. Mm. And there was definitely a competitive edge to the sport yeah, that's that I was not part of. I was, I mean, I, I was part of it and I was the captain of the badminton team. Mm -hmm. Strong. So we've got squash and badminton. Squash and badminton. <laughs> We're doing well. Here. Hardcore. Doing well. <laughs> I mean, again, I definitely lost every single game of badminton. That was not my vibe. <laughs> 
I'm from Wales, so this is hilarious. <laughs> I'm, I'm from Wales. A, I'm from Wales. So, uh, we play solely rugby and football in Wales. Now I'm kidding. <laughs> that is pretty much true in school, though. What, Just those, know, yeah. It was, you know, we played football at lunchtime and rugby and sports, and then occasionally you'd play football and Whilst sports. eating lunch. <laughs> yes, carrying it around with you, <laughs> uh, doing your best. Um, but there wasn't access to much else. I, right. I, I didn't go to a boarding school. It was a, a public school. That's what that is, right? That's a public school, isn't it? Nobody knows. You're yeah. not meant to ask. I do <laughs> not know the answer to that. Like the one, the one that is like free. <laughs> the free one. The free one. I went to the school that was free to go to. Um, As in not oppressive. Not yes, oppressive. It was, there, was, there was some oppression, but it was, it was different. Um, yes. And so there wasn't that much sport mm. on offer or really sort of sporting equipment in or, or facilities to get behind that. They had a field mm. and we did what we could in that. You know, you yeah. might do some athletics, but mainly all the athletics would be running because <laughs> <laughs> like, let's do javelin with this twig. <laughs> I once hit myself in the head with a javelin. Ooh, ooh, <laughs> that didn't wait, go well. What did it come back to you? Uh, no, luckily the side. <laughs> Just went for it, smacked it's myself in the head. It's a very important question. Yeah, it really is. <laughs> I was going to say, did he boomerang it? Like, <laughs> what happened? I got mad skills. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, I think, I think we should call that an end to the school section. <laughs> <laughs> On the point of hitting yourself in the head with a javelin. Yeah, that yes. seems about right. Lethal force. I will just add one extra thing, which is interesting with, uh, with fitness in terms of how I now understand it, as in gymming, is they did have a gym and every so often you'd sort of see people going off, going, oh, I'm going to the gym, but it was never a, like a, it, it was it was never a thing that most people did. And I don't know if, if this is just a shift in the culture now. I don't know. I feel like in the last 20 years or however long ago it was I was at school. Um, five years. <laughs> five years ago. When I when I left in 2017, <laughs> um, I, I, I do, yeah, I do wonder. It's interesting to me that the, the shift in cultural perceptions of what, one should look like. This is the big question, and we'll probably touch this later. But uh, what one should look like, and that kind of thing. But anyway, at school they did have that as a as a feature, and I do remember a couple of people coming back and being like, you know, I've just been here. Most of the time, though, that was where the secret hookup place was. Um, <laughs> if you're listening, teachers of Will's old school, now you know. <laughs> yes, go and find them and stop those reprobates. <laughs> I, I mean, I was in the gym, and I don't remember there being any secret hookups. I wasn't invited. <laughs> <laughs> now, I did have a gym in that public school. Mm. It was in a porter cabin. Oh, I love a porter oh, cabin. Oh, yeah. And it had, I think, two benches and some weights. And we were, when we got to sixth form... Sixth <laughs> the weights were just to hold it down. <laughs> yeah, they had to <laughs> Honestly, there was a hole in the wall. Um, and we were given a sort of, oh, hey, this is how you do this. And the PE teacher showed us how to do a bench press. Right. And he, I really, really clearly remember his name was Mr. Grabham. Make of that what you want. <laughs> Um, and he, Goodness. Uh, he bounced that right off his chest and he said, don't do that. Everything else is fine. And that was the extent of the tips that we got. It's great. You had some tips. Though. Yeah, that's true. I had nothing. We had then, nothing. Yeah. I, I looked at a weight and I was like, do I drink it? What, yeah, do I roll it around? <laughs> I roll it around. Um, and then nobody ever used it, to my knowledge. Nobody ever went. Because mm. I think you mentioned that cultural shift. I think that's been quite, mm. quite a big shift. But it's interesting that they had it as a, as a feature there. Mm. Um yeah, I find that very interesting. I also find it particularly fun that in this school that was, you know, very rural, they had running machines. <laughs> that just to me is really funny. <laughs> 
<laughs> like this thing can go run by the river. No, no, I'm going to stand on the spot and look at this wall. Very good. <laughs> Why run outside? <laughs> I used to think that about running machines in general. But I have changed my mind. Oh, we need to talk about that then. We <laughs> um, There's no time. No, okay. um, so, Will, have you managed to successfully lie to us? I have done a, a, a wee lie. Not a, yeah. You haven't <laughs> done a wee. I've done a wee. He's done a wee lie. <laughs> and he's done a wee live, I, ladies I, and gentlemen. I, I, there, is, there is one in there, yeah. Great. I guess that that is our time to indeed guess. Oh, okay. This time, Bobby gets the first guess. Now, see, I think this might be too obvious. I, oh, I think it's the ice house. I think, I think that is the lie. I think the ice house is the lie. I'm sticking that. <laughs> Hopefully that wasn't horrible on the microphone. But I, <laughs> I was, I was going to go for the ice house as well. But the other thing that did stick out, I think, was maybe your other option, which was the abseiling down the clock tower. Only the fact that you said everyone had to do it, which might... If that's true, I want to go to that school. Yeah, I still have many questions about abseiling down a clock tower. Yes, true. Uh, and let's do it after this. Yeah. <laughs> that's another episode. Yeah. <laughs> it's like half an hour of us going, ah! <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> So, Will, would you please enlighten us? Uh, I'm sorry to say, Bobby, that uh, <sighs> Steph has won it. They they did. It was an option, but they didn't make us all do it because I would have said absolutely not. I, I believe I went up when people were doing it and I saw them doing it. I saw the tears. These were 11-year-olds, guys. Come on. I mean, don't expect anything more than that. But, but the tears, the tantrums, and I, absolutely not. No. I I'm. I mean, I don't look. I don't, I'm not I, like any normal person. The heights are... F- all right, but I don't really want to be at them for any prolonged period. Um, but that that was was too much. And as as you say, where, how how logistically does does one climb down a clock tower uh, without doing a sort of that old black and white film with the guy hanging off the, you know, the, without that happening? Yeah. Um, but the rest is true. The thing about the the RAF using it as a point uh, to fly at is completely true. I know you can't see us right now as you're listening to this, but I want you to know that my face is showing pure joy. <laughs> I'm very deflated. <laughs> and you will feel... To be fair, Stefan has known me for a long old time, and so any, like, little hint that, yeah. yeah there was definitely me. an advantage. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I'm going to claim. <laughs> so currently, our scores line up at two to zero. Oh, and I'm never going to hear the end of that. I'm going to write that. I'm going to get that tattooed on my arm in case he comes back. <laughs> it's, a, it's a weird choice of tattoo. I know. We'll just keep updating it. <laughs> um, fabulous. So after that university time period, you then decided to go to Central School of Speech and Drama. I did where I met, actually, I was going to say where I met uh, someone called Stephen Lloyd Evans, but I actually met Stephen Lloyd Evans before I got there at an audition for Royal Welsh College, I believe, was the first time. That is absolutely true. You were yes. incredibly intimidating, not because well, you likewise. were- Well, likewise. Not because you were aggressively attractive, <laughs> but uh, but because you were aggressively attractive. No, no, um, no uh, because uh, genuinely you were exceptionally talented even then, and you had this wonderful sort of gravitas that brought, I think, the fact that you were a little bit older as well um, mm-hmm. at that point. And obviously- extremely good looking and then I was like oh nuts oh, oh, he's, he's did I have like, those out again yeah no, no. pistachios he was just snacking on pistachios okay um, I honestly um, I saw him and I saw him acting and I was like oh man I, that's the 
guy I want to be. Um, and that's still to this day. <laughs> I'll weep here in the corner. But it was, I mean, to move on from this, very comfortable. Uh, I've never been this nice to work. <laughs> uh, yeah, exactly. It's not the bruises aren't from sport, they're normally from stepping. Um, <laughs> what? That's horrifying. <laughs> um, but it, it was very nice meeting someone in the process, I think, who who uh, then we were able to kind of share a, a class as well. That was so cool. Um, and yeah, Central School of Speech and Drama was where we trained, where we learnt some of our craft. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and we did spend a lot of time doing movement there. We did. We did. We had to do movement in order to get across the building. I was going to say, Bobby was, <laughs> Bobby was in. Yes, that was our movement. Um, Bobby was in Joseph with me, so he's yes. very familiar with my level of dance. Um and so he's quite aware of what level of dance we had at oh, yes. Central. Um, but we did do quite a lot of movement. It was physical. We, we did, did have boot camps and things like that in the mornings, if you remember. Yeah, yeah. Um, nice and fresh, in which regularly people were made to throw up. Um, <laughs> they weren't made to. I should just say they weren't. Oh, yes, it, it wasn't was, like it wasn't like sailing down. The, yeah, yeah, it, <laughs> wasn't. it wasn't like fingers down the throat. Yes. Yeah, no, 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 it's time for you. But it was. It, it was. I've got to say that that is something which has stuck out for me because I remember when they stopped doing that. They stopped doing it sometime in second year, and I. Remember remember getting up very early trying to go for a run because noticing that it was actually a very useful thing to do for for the process of acting I think as well of kind of getting yourself in your body um and something that was sort of slightly intangible I think which still to this day I don't quite know what it was I don't know if it's a shared thing or the monotony of doing of following a routine which was very helpful um but suffice to say when that stopped I think that I was like oh I needed to recalibrate a bit um but we did do it, yeah, three days a week, I believe. Uh, and so we'd smell awful for the rest of the day. But um, yes, that is... Uh, drama school. Drama school, drama school. <laughs> that is drama school, smelling awful for the rest of the day. Uh, yeah. And yes. then you go to dance. <laughs> yeah, yes. And then you sit and voice. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, but yeah, so that, that was a... I think we were told that was quite an important part of what we did, certainly having a certain level of fitness and ability to maintain a performance for a certain length of time, which which is true. And I think as actors, we, we are quite, I don't know if privilege is the right word, I suppose it is in terms of it, it's important for our job, I suppose, because whatever whatever medium you're in, you are required to work for a long period. I mean, uh, obviously stage work but screen work you're working for 12 hour days and there's there's a kind of stamina whether that be mental or physical that you do have to kind of you do have to work on um and so that what probably was a good a good thing that we did that um that's this sort of ties into something you, you mentioned a little about um what you should look like in the industry mm. was a sentence i think yeah. you said and um that idea of Fitness or stamina, or both of those things combined, really, and requiring that as an actor. Mm -hmm. Is there anything you can expand yeah. upon that, perhaps, in your experience? Something that I would say is that there's there's fitness, and then there's obviously gym buff. And I do worry about the requirement now to be gym buff rather than just fit in the industry. I think you know, with with, with the sort of the superhero aesthetic being so prevalent in the cinemas, um, it, it's become almost a, if you don't look like that, then there's 
it's a niche not to look like that, I suppose, is what I'm trying to say. Um, and I do worry about that. I think in terms of the pressure, I mean, again, the, I'm, I'm sort of, I know I'm jumping around on your on your format, but uh, it is something that I, I do, I do kind of feel is quite important to say that the the pressure on people to look a certain way, as you've as you've said, is is really tricky. And I mean, you go on Instagram, you go any social media, and and people will post their gym progress, and that's that's great, that's lovely, that's progress. But I feel like that has become if you yeah, if you don't look like that, then that is a problem. Uh, which I suppose I suppose as actors, we we notice it probably more because we are aware at and at some kind of level that it could affect our chances of getting that job because unfortunately it's a it shouldn't be but I think at the moment it is quite a aesthetic industry uh, and I hope that changes I think obviously that's not absolute across the board in any way you know the things that are important still matter immensely like you have to be able to connect with an audience you've got to be able to connect with the other actors and that's that always will be the most important thing um the interesting thing that that i'd love to discuss with you guys is is when fitness and when the routines and when the need and the guilt about not doing those things interferes with our craft as performers because that is something which has been part of my journey is how how do you stop it from interfering with what we were taught was the uh the uh impulse the duh, 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 duh. Uh, <laughs> for those just listening um there was a we had a teacher in drama school, uh, I won't name her, um, who used to do this little sound like, doo, 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 mm. and she would have her little pinky finger out and her thumb up and she would sort of do this like a shimmy with the hand. And at the time I didn't know, I didn't know what it was, but now I'm like, yeah, yeah, I know exactly what that means. It's connection. And it's connection. And it's, and it's, it, it's something that you can't really, I mean, to people listening, it probably won't make much sense, but it, it's, it's this idea that that it comes from somewhere and then expresses itself mm. i suppose but uh, but yeah and, and i think sometimes that some forms of fitness as we were told at drama school could interfere with with that process and that that link from your impulses from your true self and uh, to to the output that you you present yes to give an example of that we were told not to sort of watch tv on a treadmill and that she'd say that you should be listening to your body while you were doing that. Now, in fitness, there's there's interesting... My, my body has a great podcast. So. There we go. <laughs> but it, that's a, a tactic that people use, actually. That distraction from the pain that they're feeling is actually helpful to allow you to continue. So listening to a right. podcast while you run is right. actually a helpful tactic. And um, that teacher expressly stated that that is the opposite, that you should listen to your body um, in order to stay connected to those feelings and those impulses. Now, that's not something I practice, but that was uh, one of the pieces of advice we were given from an acting perspective. I don't remember. See, I don't remember that, but actually that's, that, that, I mean, clearly that is something, but that, that is interesting because uh, so much of the culture today is about pushing through, isn't it? It's mm. about, you know, reach for the, I mean, you, you just have to watch a Peloton advert to see that that is the culture. Uh, you, you come on guys, you know, reach for it, you know, and all that kind of <laughs> nonsense. I, I can't get, this is what I said right at the beginning. The enforced, like, jolly through the pain of exercise is a killer for me. And I'm sure that you guys probably have to do it in your professional life to get people to do it. But I, I, I'm so, I'm, I'm, I, I get turned off by that very quickly. Mm. <laughs> mm. <laughs> <laughs> 
I mean, I, so I did have a question. Do you feel like, well, first off, do you feel like things have changed from when you were at drama school and how they treated like the aesthetics of being an actor to now? Or do you feel like that was a thing then and it has just kind of stayed the same? I don't, I, I don't, I couldn't speak to at drama school, but I, it, it's something which I feel like I've noticed with the prevalence of social media becoming what it has done mm. now. Um, I actually was doing some weight stuff during drama school and I did notice, uh, I, I was aware of of it as a, what is that doing? But then also the benefits to that, you know, uh, I mean, it's, it's terrible, but there's the thing, you know, a show where I had to be topless and you, one does think, oh, well, I'm possibly more likely to get representation if I look a certain way. And unfortunately, we, you know, we as actors, we just want to work. You know, that's the thing. At the end of the day, that's what we're desperate to do. And anything that we can do to get closer to that uh, is something that we will do. And I think quite often that's, that is why we do a lot of this stuff. You're totally right. Like we, I feel like we are stuck in that kind of cycle of realistically we just want to work mm. so what do they want us from us at the moment and mm. they want us to look a certain way for that work mm. and i don't i personally don't necessarily see a way out of that and i think that's that is that is the main problem mm. with the current climate of the aesthetics of being an actor and well here's a question is is it a problem i mean i i've sort of posited as a, as a problem but it maybe maybe that's just the job we have and it's something that we as long as we're aware of it then maybe it's fine i i think it is a problem because mm -hmm. it can exclude people who mm. shouldn't be excluded mm -hmm. who should be able to do those jobs even though they don't look in the way that mm. the this person is uh, asking them to look, even though that's not part of the character. Mm -hmm. That char It's not essential to that character for them mm -hmm. to be that lean or have that much muscle or whatever it is. But because the whoever decides uh, is wanting that because they think that's what people also want to see, it's a cycle that comes from their audience as well, that we then have to proliferate that further and further. And there's a sort of homogeneity, which is incredibly dull, actually. You know, you look at life, you go you go outside, I suppose outside of London, because I think in London, everyone has a similar sort of, with so many people there, it becomes a, you know, everyone wants to attract and all that kind of stuff. But if you go out side and you go to the smaller towns, you know, you see a big range of a load of kind of different people. And it, w it, it would be lovely to see that represented, I suppose. Um, Two things I want to jump in on, actually. One is that we want to be really clear that fitness and stamina can be achieved at any weight that's healthy and yeah, uh, yeah. any size. And that's really, really important if you're listening to this and you're thinking, oh, I, I don't look like that. All you need is the, the stamina to be able to do the job they're asking of you and the level of fitness required of you to get through it without passing out. Yeah, the aesthetics is a very specific thing. Yeah, yeah And it's different. not, it's a completely different mm -hmm. thing. But it does exist and the pressure to conform to that is real. And that's what I wanted to ask you, Will, mm. which is that how do you deal with that pressure? Uh, I, I don't spend a lot of time at all on social media now, uh, for various reasons, but I, I don't scroll through it at all. And I don't know if that's because it's, you know, I'm more aware of it. I'm more sensitive to it. Perhaps I don't know, but I, I definitely don't. Um, and it is amazing how it changes one's perspective on things. I'm not sure it's a, it's a, actually a coverall solution because 
everyone's on it. And as such, you feel like you're slightly a bit of FOMO. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I think I, I do that. I Unfortunately, I probably do conform to it as well in that I'll go, well, I need to, I need to do it and I'll have guilt if I don't do it. Um, the flip side of that is that there's a great positive, and this is something that I'm sure you guys talk about, is that there's a, a huge positive to having the routine. And actually, at the end of the day, especially do, if you if your life is quite chaotic, I mean, ours is, you know, we don't know when when we're next going to be working for a long old period away from home, all this kind of stuff. And having the routine is, is incredibly important. And since I've kind of gone back to doing something every day at the same time, it, it, it's really grounded my life and I'm able to to organize stuff around that. And the I irony is, is that actually I get more done having the routine than if I didn't have it before. I think there's a sort of, there is an anchor to a, a routine and fitness is a really good way to have that routine, I'd say. Um, I feel like I'm about to sell my fitness DVD. I, don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's just about doing something for yourself. I think yeah. when you have that routine, when you have something you kind of, uh, an exercise or a regime that you do every day, it's that moment of the day that you are doing something that is purely for you. Mm. The, the rest of the times we spend our lives like trying to make other people happy and trying to please everyone. And actually you're like, no, this, this moment here, this moment is for me and that's fine. And that's great mm. for my health, mental health, physical health. It's like, yeah, I think for me, that's what the routine does for me. That's a personal thing. But yeah. do you, do you notice a difference between different kinds of exercise for that specific thing. Like for instance, I, I noticed that if I, if I need a boost in my well-being mentally, perhaps then cardio is by far the best way to do that. Um, weights is really good for a kind of, uh, uh, I don't know, a sort of, I mean, that's again, I, I possibly do it aesthetics are kind of for a grounding as well. I feel like I'm more connected to the world. I think when I do, when I do all the weights, um, but yeah, do you, do you guys notice that a different, a different benefit from each type of exercise? I feel like it's a very personal thing. Mm. Like uh, for me, weights, I always, I like that feeling of strength. Mm -hmm. I like feeling like, yeah, I can pick this up. Mm. That's great. Um, I get my kind of like clarity in my head from doing classes. I love going to classes and I love- As in taking them or running them? Yeah. Both. Um, there's something about whether you're the instructor, whether you're in the room doing the class, there's something about being in that situation with everyone and kind of everyone moving to the same kind of, oh God, I need the same beat, the same rhythm. Mm -hmm. Oh God, I feel awful that I've just said that. <laughs> but it's, it's, it's like it. I was saying that there's this thing about the the repetition and the taking taking your brain out of the equation. Yeah. And I think actually that's what fitness is really good for, is that so often, you know, we have so much information hitting us from every angle. And fitness and classes especially is a really great way to just go, I don't need to think, I'm just gonna be told what to do. Yeah. Yeah. You're like for this next 45 minutes, mm. I'm in the hands of somebody else. Let's yeah. go. And you're like, fantastic. Mm. I don't have to, I don't have to think about what I'm doing. I don't have to go, oh, this is my plan and this is how much rest I'm mm. going to take. And you can just go, mm. no, I'm just going to switch off and I'm going to let myself go and enjoy it. Yeah. Just to build on something, Bobby, you said there was that that is so personal, you know, for you, that cardio really helps you for mm. other people. Even the idea of yeah. cardio is depressing because yeah, yeah, perhaps yeah. it's linked to negative stuff in their lives, like experiences that have, you know, like we mentioned jokingly about cross country in school, but mm. you know, people have traumatic experiences linked <laughs> yeah. to that and they go, you know what? 
resistance might be the better way, but also it's more in line with your goals, right? As we've mm. spoken mm. about a little before. So depends what you're after. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> um, Let's move on to some career highlights. Career highlights or lowlights, as they may be. Career, there are no lowlights in this career. An overwhelming CV that we won't be able to mention um, even half of. But quite a few of the jobs you've done have had their own physical demands. But the one that most links to what we just said is something that you got actually quite early on in your career now, which was Game of Thrones. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And which was maybe the first time you suddenly became a, a more well-known or established at that point. Forgive me if that's not no, no. correct. Um, but you also had to do um, a scene in that in which you were, you know, sans clothing. Sans clothing. If you will. Yeah. Um, and I know quite a few people who've auditioned for that show and had to do that. And the audition process for that being quite extreme. Can, would you tell yes. us a little bit about that? Um, it's, it's interesting because I, I heard the same thing and I heard people actually going into the audition room and being completely naked in the audition room it, you know as, as if, if one is going to show that I didn't actually have that experience I, I did have to uh, go down to my underwear but you know that's that's kind of understandable I think um, it's a very peculiar experience because I, I think I think when I left drama school I thought I know at some point I'm probably going to have to do that at some point, I didn't realise it'd be so soon. <laughs> um, but but I mean, what an extraordinary show, and so such a an honour to be a part of it in any way. Um, and I think I, I always said that the experience of having to do that and having to kind of literally bear all at the same time as joining this show, which well, I was a massive fan of. In fact, Steph, I think you introduced me to it. I think we I, I binged the first two series after you mentioned it, and then very soon after I, I had got that audition. Um, it, it actually helped both sides of it because I was able to go, this is completely nuts. <laughs> Every single part of this is is, is crazy. That it, rather than being a sort of, it, it didn't overwhelm. It actually all helped feedback going, this is a bit of a, a dream sort of weird scenario uh, where I just happened to not be wearing clothes in front of someone I've seen on TV. <laughs> um, but but the, the the crux of this is that I had to look a certain, or I, I didn't have to look a certain way. I chose to look a certain way. I was looking a certain way at the time. And, um, and certainly fitness then was had the same level of importance as fitness does now. I feel like actually in between there's, there's been some periods where it took a back seat while I really wanted to focus on on the craft in a different way. Um, and now I've done that. I feel I've taken that and I've brought that back in with the fitness side as well added. So hopefully I'm more well-rounded as a performer, but you know, that's that's for other people to decide, <laughs> not me. Um, and just, I just want to jump in really quickly with the fact that after that scene, it's perhaps no surprise that Will suddenly became a, a fan favourite <laughs> and uh, returned to the series for quite a few more episodes after that. <laughs> uh, and, and is, so, you know, you said you had to look a certain way, mm-hmm. not necessarily that you were pressured to look a certain no, way, no. but that you, you wanted to look a certain I wanted way. To, yeah. Is that something that Game of Thrones helped with? No, no, this, it was very much what I, what I was offering at the time, I guess. Um, I, I do have this dream about a job where someone will say, we need to make you look like, you know, Hugh Jackman and the Wolverine or whatever, something, you know, I do have a dream that at some point that will happen because it, it, I'd be so up for that. You know, someone who'd kind of take, again, takes the, the decision away from me. It's like we're talking with classes, you know, that idea of, I, I, I don't, 
necessarily want to go through the pain without someone telling me that I have to do it, which is possibly <laughs> incredibly lazy. But it's not. It's lazy to the point that you know, I know that affects sleep. I know he had to get up in the middle of the night in order to eat and I'll do that. But normally it's because I'm, I've wake up and I'm hungry and I'll have a, a Maryland cookie, <laughs> oh, great choice. which I'm pretty certain is not what Hugh Jackman had when he woke up at 3am. Which Maryland cookie? Oh, just standard. It's the yeah. only one they sell in Sainsbury's. St- standard is the one. <laughs> really? <laughs> the one. If you'd said the, the purple one in the packet, I would have been like, mm. no, just the red packet. Yeah. <laughs> We're not sponsored yet by then. <laughs> yes, we will be. We're making a few plays for some sponsorship. We really are pushing it hard. Maryland, we've had donut time. Oh, we um, mentioned Peloton, a loads of Peloton. Peloton. <laughs> Don't think Peloton, Peloton are, are going to uh, Peloton are welcome us. to sponsor. <laughs> I can't see it. <laughs> um, um, but yeah, but yeah, I just wonder if there's anything else to add on that. In that, it it, it was a coming back year after year is interesting because then you then there is that thought I need to be in as good a shape if not better in the following series or in this series as I come back to it because people expect a certain thing and that's not to that's not to say you know people are thirsting and if they're not you know but <laughs> but as in if if they it, you you want to be the same character, and I think actually that's that's kind of interesting for any role that you come back to. Mm. Is and actually this isn't to do with fitness, but you you know you want to be the same character that that kind of returns because otherwise you're you're you know even as humans we grow I guess so there isn't you know you could justify it but it's a but I suppose the the amount of time that's passed in the real world between filming those things might be mm. a year or might be yeah. two years yeah. mm. whereas in the TV show mm. it might be a month yeah. And so if you've made a drastic change yeah. to your physique during that time, even if you've packed on loads of muscle mm. or, or put on quite a bit of body fat, whatever's happened to you during mm. that time period, or, or the opposite, you know, it's got to be plausible for the time frame for that character. Yeah, yeah. It's like going back with a massive beard when it's been a week. <laughs> a bit, a bit strange. Maybe hey, possible for Bobby. I could do that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Don't you worry. Bobby was clean shaven at the start of this podcast. <laughs> He's got a massive beard now. Um uh, moving on from from the uh, nude scenes <laughs> to the clothed scenes, to <laughs> <laughs> some clothed work that Will occasionally does. <laughs> it's rare, but I think it's there. Yeah. You did a wonderful, wonderful TV show that I absolutely loved called Humans, which was on Channel Four, and in it you played a robot. Mm. Perhaps unsurprisingly to those that are familiar with it, and that required quite a lot of movement work, movement prep, physical work. Um, and you've mentioned that connection to the acting aspect of things. Mm-hmm. And I just wonder how much that job has informed the rest of your practice since then. From I, th- a physical I, think, point. I think hugely, absolutely hugely. Because again, it was it was relatively early on uh, in my career, but we, we did a bit of movement at drama school. I know we both responded quite well to it. Uh, I know we've had conversations about this before, Steph, but this job uh, really allowed me to take ownership over over what my body was doing. And I think quite often, you know, when you do just allow the impulse to go, there's not, you know, it, put it this way, it, it, it allowed for a lot of self-awareness, which I've then taken on. And I'm curious about, you know, how my body works, how I can use my body in order to... Um, express the character in a certain way. And and we were very fortunate with that job because not only did we have a fantastic movement director uh, who, who would work with Frantic Assembly, but and so we all met, the whole cast who were the robots would, would meet and we'd have shared 
rehearsals together where we would work out what is the common thread between these these robots because they had to be one company had made them so every single movement uh, had to had to have a graceful economy of movement this was what was in the breakdown right at the beginning and this ran right through uh so how do they stand that would rec- use the least energy necessary? Because we as humans, we use a, we do a lot of things. I'm gesticulating now, for instance. We do a lot of things which actually are wasting energy, but they are how we express ourselves. They're the product of our, our personalities, our histories, all this kind of thing. Uh, whereas these beings, for want of a better word, um, it is what is the most basic, simple way to achieve this task as a humanoid? I was very fortunate because I played a role where um, I was a broken version of these robots. So not only did I have to know these uh, these rules, but then I had to, along with Dan, the movement director, had to retro- sort of break down those processes and go, okay, what... They are mimicking human actions, but what happens if you break that process? So r- really early on, we it was such fun sort of working out the, we needed to basically show that this, this do something that in his silhouette would look broken very early on. And we established in the movement section with rehearsal with the other actors um, that in order to charge, they'd charge themselves. They'd plug, they'd move their arm out and they'd plug a charging socket into their side. I'm, I'm sort of putting out my right arm in a sort of uh, right angle. <laughs> angle, um, And I thought, well, that's something that he'd be doing every single day. That movement is something which is repeated over and over and over. And as we know with our iPhones, the things that you use it for every day or the or laptops, the, the, the key that you press most is the one that breaks. So we thought, okay, that's something that is going to be the thing that breaks and that's what stays out. So that's why his arm is, is out at a right angle. And that process was such fun because it's, given so much, actually so much um, respect and ownership to kind of make make some decisions and come up with ideas. That's what I, I, I really loved that. The idea that you can come to work and go, I had this great idea. I hope, you know, what do you think? And they go, oh, that's brilliant. Let's adapt it, you know, all that kind of thing. Um, and so for me, movement in performance wise has, has always been an incredibly positive experience. Um, I've done other jobs, one where I was playing a villain and he was like a kind of demonic and it was really fun using animal work. I mean, you guys know from drama school, like we, animal studies, um, and, and how you can use that to adapt your body shape. Um, I'm very interested in how one's own body, because the way I hold myself is very different for the way you hold yourself, the way you hold yourself, the way these guys outside hold hold themselves. We all have a different tool that we are then using to express ourselves. And I find this very interesting to know how you then adapt that using what is your own idea of what that animal is, if you're using animal work or whatever your process is, um, to get a result or using your own peculiarities and quirks in order to create something new and interesting um it's just great fun mm. if any of my drama students are listening to this <laughs> see <laughs> <laughs> um, i take great joy in teaching animal studies and uh, i do uh, use it myself as a practice mm. and it's, so it's fascinating to hear you say that uh, the it job doesn't you're work for every role that's the interesting thing absolutely not i mean uh, we, this is probably something you talk about with them but it's 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 as and when um, but I would say that the movement side is something that I do think about ev- with every role. 
Mm. You know, how the character holds themselves is so personal to each individual character, let alone actor. Mm. Um, And this is why I'm, I'm always slightly in admiration of people who who don't don't do that as well because it's you know it's something they maybe don't need to do I don't know but it's it's just very interesting to me how different people have different ways to 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 create something interesting but also quiet that voice in your head that says this won't be good unless you do that you know there's loads of little things like that um but it's different for everyone I guess hmm. That was fascinating. Like that was legitimately <laughs> fascinating. Um, yeah, I find I just find it so interesting how kind of how you've worked with movement on all of the different jobs you've done, mm. and you've done such different jobs, mm. and the way you've moved in each one is different. So I think it's, it's fascinating. And like, I've been very lucky, I think, with the things that I've gotten in that they, like you say, they have been very different. So they have allowed that, I suppose, that that you know breadth of approach. But that's. Um, that's just, yeah, I feel very privileged to have been able to do different kind of things. Um, and I like that challenge as well. I think, I think I'd, I'd get quite bored if I did the same thing over and over as well. I think my mind needs, needs an anchor that can kind of attach, yeah, it can attach to. That's great. I mean, a, a massive one, a massive job you did was in Torvalindine. Mm. So ice skating. <laughs> Like, yeah, ice skating. So, <laughs> ice skating. Take this. us through that. So I, I did the I, I got the audition through, and I thought it was quite funny because I'm famously known amongst my friends for having two left feet. I mean, we talked briefly <laughs> earlier about about dance, and you know, I was always at the back. I was the kind of person that if you're if you're doing a dance routine, you're going to put Will at the back. Uh, so you know, it's the it's the joke, the famous joke that we used to have about if you're doing tap, you just have the the top looking like you're doing the tap routine, and underneath your legs are sort of kicking people. That- I stand by that. <laughs> um, and and so yeah, so that was a real. It was it was very amusing to me when I got it through such to the point that I thought I'm there's no chance that anyone's going to trust me to do this or to learn this I'd never done ice skating before I'd rollerbladed but that was about it at the audition the casting director came out and said oh well have you ice skated and I said no and she goes maybe don't tell them tell the director that when you go in and I go okay and then so we went in and, and I sort of and they said oh have you done ice skating before I say I haven't I didn't want to lie but I said I've done it a few times um but uh I I've done a lot of stuff which is similar is kind of the route I went um however we were incredibly incredibly lucky uh we had a three-week uh rehearsal period at the beginning which was pretty much solely ice skating uh we were taught by two British Olympians, absolutely incredible, uh, wow. Nick Buckland and Penny Coombs, who are wonderful, wonderful human beings as well. They put in so much time and effort and they are just beautiful people. Um, and they were with us for the whole sort of period. So we had a three-week three, three week rehearsal period, which was incredibly emotional because it's this whole new skill and you're thinking, oh my gosh, are we going to be able to do this? Because not not only do we have to, did we have to be ice skaters, we had to be... Two of the most well-known who won an Olympic gold. And uh, I mean, for goodness sake, they have an ice skating show on ITV. <laughs> you know, the, you're not, you can't rein that in. You've got to be all right. And and obviously they, you know, I didn't sort of do all the pirouettes. Basically anything that was a jump, uh, quite rightly, they would get the Olympians to do. Um, 
However, everything else was us, which is an immense... I'm very proud of the achievement, actually, because knowing my inability (laughs) with that kind of thing... I'm very proud of your achievement. But also, those... You said that they were very. You were very, very lucky, and they gave you three weeks. And you said three weeks like it was this vast oh, a good point, period actually. of time. And actually, if you told me I had to ice skate in anything other than a Bambi esque fashion within three weeks, I'd be horrified. So the fact that you achieved that in that period of time is because I've seen it. Well, it's do, you, do you know? Wonderful. Do you know as well? It, it's. This is actually something very interesting with anything that's learned, any any physical thing that's learned. And this might be peculiar to me, but I I, I feeling this is universal that with any skill, you know, we had three weeks and where we got to at the end of the three weeks was competent for a beginner. We had two weeks of shooting before we did the ice scenes, which were all the night shoot because they had to, we had to use this rink that was open during the day. The Irish government didn't want to close, close the rink. So we, we did it all during the day. The Zamboni would kind of come out and do it, you know, and then we'd do our bit. But by the time we came back to shooting, that two weeks where we didn't do any ice skating, it had all sunk in. It's absolutely amazing how the human brain works on a problem when you're not doing something. And I think this is this is this blows my mind about sort of human sort of neuroscience anyway, that it can kind of your brain will fix a problem or work on a problem while you're not even thinking about it mm. consciously. Um and so when we came to do it, it was sort of all there and and tiny little things which make a difference about for me, I'm quite a sort of Tall, I'm quite fairly tall and, um, uh, you know, and long. <laughs> and um, as such, I was like, well, I'm, as soon as I kind of realised I need to make sure that my centre of gravity is lower, that that kind of opened up everything because I was able to, to actually use a kind of more elastic and more malleable physicality, which, which really helped with that. Um, the, the sad thing is I haven't been ice skating since. <laughs> Because I just haven't had an opportunity, and well, I say that I could have, I could have gone out to Somerset House, but I, I would really like to. But I think immediately after the show aired, I thought I don't want to go out because if anyone has seen the show, they're going to be expecting Torvald Dean, and they're going to get um, the Chuckle Brothers. <laughs> <laughs> that only came to will because he was looking at me and Bobby. <laughs> to me. <laughs> But there's so much to yeah. digest with that across the board. Um, did they help you at all with what you would need to train going into those three weeks? Did, or did you perhaps take that on yourself going, I know this is going to be extremely leg heavy? Or how did you prepare for that preparation? To be honest, the only thing that I did was stop doing weights, actually. Because we it was a very quick turnaround. We started on that three weeks, maybe four days after I found out I got the job. And it's, oh, wow. it's, it was cast that quickly. I mean, as, as everything is nowadays, um, I, I do wish this is something with the industry. I do wish that that time was, it, don't get me wrong. Not everything is like that. Sometimes you have months and months, but I do like a lot of time to kind of work out my character and that kind of thing. Um, and we, we sort of did it at the same time as the skating actually. So, you know, reading the books and watching the videos and that kind of thing. Um, but so it was very quickly. So there wasn't much time, but I did make a kind of concerted effort to go. I'm or rather lack of effort to go. I'm not going to do the weights now because I need to. I know that this is going to be very require a lot of stamina. Uh, so there, there wasn't there wasn't very much in that regard, I suppose, that was a conscious choice because we didn't have the time. Mentioning all that, 
ice skating and the prep that you do for that. Obviously, we've talked about the aesthetic side of things, but you did mention earlier that perhaps you're not living up to the uh, your culinary standards that you were aiming for when you were six. Oh, right. <laughs> um, I, I, I think I was probably slightly being facetious because I do do it, but I mean... I would like to do it more. I, I, at the moment, live on my own. And so if I do cook a feast, I'm the one that has to eat it all. And that can help if I've had a big workout session. You know, I need to get those calories in. <laughs> but that could mean a, a meal for four <laughs> by just me. Um, I, I love cooking so, so much. It's something which I think the process of it is very therapeutic to me. And actually as long as I do it at the right time of day. If I'm if I'm starting at 7.30, that's probably a bit too late for me. I need to kind of start earlier just to have that as part of my yeah, routine. But I, I, I absolutely love it. Having said that, I definitely allow myself a lot of kind of treat stuff. I don't, again, I, I probably should, but I, I, I probably shouldn't rather, but I do allow myself quite a lot of sort of treat stuff. I do, I love pizza. I love pizza and uh, I also have donut time and donut time is usually several months in a year. <laughs> and do you know what? They've just gotten a, a Krispy Kreme stand in my local Sainsbury's and I do think that that is likely to be a problem in the future. <laughs> Those are dangerous. They are. They're just so accessible. Yeah, they, they are. It's right there. It's, right it's there. almost like they do it on purpose. They put it by the vegetables as well, which I think is particularly nasty because it's like carrots. No. <laughs> um, let's move on. Will, I would love to ask you about one of our wonderful sections that we have. It's my favourite thing. It is the get in the bin. Get in the bin. Get in the bin. Get in the bin. <laughs> and this started because I have never heard of this phrase until Bobby started saying it. It just tells you how uncool I am. And I would love to ask you if there was one thing about fitness, wellness, or that aspect of the industry or life or the universe, however you want to phrase this. This <laughs> is wide ranger. Yeah. Yeah. Nice niche. Or the universe or any other universe mm. or the metaverse that you wish <laughs> was not a thing anymore. I, okay. I have, I have a, a few things. Um, one of which is kind of more, uh, a, a little bit sort of, I don't know, not, not philosophical, but, but anyway, um, I, I, I think it would be great if fitness now was connected to actual action rather than separated. Like you go to a box and you do this exercise, which is for a specific muscle group. Like it would, and, and obviously that's pro possibly quite a privilege. It would be a privilege to have because it requires a lot of space. It requires a, a lot of very specific kind of actions that you might be able to do. Um, but I, it does amuse me that it's, that fitness is a sort of, and it's possibly to do with the commodification of it, but it, that it is a separate thing. It's it's a, you must do this as well, rather than being part of our kind of lives as it, as it is. I guess back in the day, you know, when we were hunter-gatherers, we'd be doing a pull-up to get up to the highest, <laughs> to the highest berries or something like that. That was about 10 years ago we were um, hunter-gatherers, I think. Uh, yes, I think, I think that's right, yes. <laughs> I enjoyed it. Oh, simpler times. <laughs> we won't talk about them. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I think, again, it, it's obviously nothing that can change. That's, that's how we we fit in our fitness and it's very important that we do that. Um, but I, I think it would be for our own bodies as well. You know, I, 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 again, would love to know what you guys think of this. I, I know a friend who's very into um, something called functional patterns, which does exercises, which are based on uh, movements, which our bodies are quote unquote made to, to do. I don't know anything about this other than the fact that that is its byline basically. Um, 
but the, it's interesting to me because I know that obviously, every, every, you know, when I'm trying to do my hit or whatever, I am aware of which uh, movements are kind of isolating certain muscle groups and which ones are are just trying to use the whole body in a way that might might sort of mimic something that we would do. So that's something which I think is. It, it, it's, it's it's more of interest rather than oh I wish it would change bloody hell, um, but I'd also say there's a thing about I, I think not for me but certainly um, I think it's a it's a real it can be a real problem especially in the modern world with again like we talked about with the pressures of of uh, of what we see on social media, but when wellness kind of becomes uh, unhealthy. When wellness becomes unwell, you know, like that that point, because we are all susceptible to that. We all have a threshold at what point, at which point our obsession with it might tip over to that. And again, it's not something that can be changed, but it's it is. I find it a shame that that is becoming more and more the case with quite a lot of people. That the this desire to better oneself can actually become quite destructive. I think. Um, and I guess, I guess for me, it's just something that I want to keep telling myself that actually, if I need to take a month off or a week off or however long, that could actually be the best thing for me and not this pressure to go on with the routine. Despite what I said about the benefits of a routine, sometimes breaking the routine is as important and breaking the the requirement to do an exercise, uh, however often you do it is as important and going on holiday and feeling like actually it's okay if I don't do it this week. I am quoting all the studies today, but I'm going to mention another one that supports what you're saying. Um, sorry to those not oh, interested in I'm studies. Si- I'm supported by science. Guys. Yes, this science very, supports very you. Um, this was a fairly recent study that um, followed three groups of um, people exercising, otherwise controlled, and had them uh, exercise over three months. And um, really the bit that's interesting and, and um, related to what you're saying is that uh, one of those groups of people exercised for three weeks and then on the fourth week didn't at all. Mm. And they were doing resistance training, but actually the outcome of that was they had the exact same strength and hypertrophy gains, meaning muscle growth, mm. as the group that exercised every week. And that means or leads us to believe at least that actually that rest and recovery isn't just necessary for for the muscle to actually achieve that, but it's actually, you know, saving you unnecessary workload. Now, I'm not saying people should go and do that, and that's the change that they should put in, but, um, and obviously there might come more studies on that field in future that might say something else, but. Do you know how they came to the one out of four rest period uh, thing, or is that just a bit arbitrary? I don't, I believe arbitrary, okay. but I haven't read the whole thing, okay. so forgive me for that. Um, but it is, that's very interesting. And that's something which I think, again, anecdotally, I notice, you know, over Christmas, obviously we're all going away and we are indulging a lot. But I do notice that, that period away from my my routines and that kind of stuff actually benefits me enormously when I come back to it. And I like, as in, uh, in how I feel and visually, all that kind of stuff. It's yeah. it's worth mentioning that their nutrition remained the same throughout the week. I'm only mentioning because uh, you mentioned no Portland turkey. Where, no turkey. We normally will all <laughs> no turkey and pork. No, no mince no. pies. No mince pies. There were some turkeys there, but they were good friends. That's <laughs> <laughs> so, okay. Everything they said was gobbledygook. I'm so sorry. I can't oh, I'm embarrassed for myself. Oh. <sighs> Get in the bin, Stefan. Get in the bin. Um, <laughs> okay, so you're putting non-functional exercises in the bin. 
Oh, this is like Room 101. I love it. Yes. yes. <laughs> Take it's that not, back. Sorry, it's, not, sorry, it's, it's not like Room 101. It's nothing like it's it. It's not the concept we came up with and renamed. Like it. How dare you? I, 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 lo- I love it. Get in the bin. Room 101 can get in the bin. We're like, what can we rename Room 101? <laughs> oh, I know. We'll uh, so yeah, so non, non-functional and uh, non-functional exercise, even though I do non-functional exercise all the time. Um, and uh, I guess the, 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 the pressures that people might have to um, go beyond what their body and their mind requires. Toxic wellness. Toxic wellness. Oh, toxic to- wellness. Yeah. Toxic wellness is such a. To- it's just a. To- it's another. Again, it's another topic we could spend an entire mm. podcast on because. And we will. And we will because. It's something that I'm. I know you're very aware, and it's something I'm very aware of when I'm training clients that I don't want to take them down that road. Mm. Um, because it's so easy to do, and but I think you guys know what you're doing. This is the thing. Because you go on, you go on YouTube, and. Uh, any any of the medias and there's always someone who goes guys this is what you need to do and it, and it's it, that they they don't necessarily know and, and as we've talked about they're probably talking from a personal experience an anecdotal yeah. experience of what they they feel is right um i'm, I'm just going to quickly add one other thing which is is a more uh jokey one but it really makes me laugh is these these videos where they go guys uh I've got this three-point plan which allows you to look like this. And, and then they go, and it's a five-minute video, so you go, oh, they'll definitely get to these three points. And then they spend the whole time going, do you often feel like this? Do you often feel like this? And you get to the end and they go, right, it's just 50 pounds a month. You, you absolute. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And guess what? Spoiler alert. There isn't a three-point plan that gets no. you to look like that. There never is. It is uh, over-complicated by people trying to sell stuff. And mm. the simple fact is it takes good programming mm. and um, the right goal setting for you and then the work that it takes to achieve that. That feels like every single Instagram post that I've seen for mm. the last two years mm-hmm. yeah. is that, do you feel like this? Do you do you often go, oh, no, I don't look great? And they always say things that everyone feels. It's yeah. like saying, do you ever get hungry? Well, yes, of course I do, for <laughs> goodness yeah. sake. I'm hungry right now. <laughs> no. I'm going to post so much of this later on. <laughs> just going <laughs> to... Yeah, check, check out our Instagrams after this, just always asking questions. There are some on there yeah. from me. <laughs> I don't. I'm just like, insert stupid comment. <laughs> it's okay, nobody replies to mine. <laughs> Jokes. <laughs> it's all Bobby. <laughs> Um, one other thing I just wanted to ask you, I suppose, mm. is we've spoken a lot about you. You've even asked us some questions uh, there at the end. What advice would you give to somebody else who is considering entering the business that you're in mm. specifically rather than um, another aspect of it? Mm-hmm. How would you tell them to look after themselves? I think the most important thing is about having something else that it's not a job that is is re- reliable in any way you know i, I mean gosh I, i've been incredibly fortunate um to do the things i i do but you know there's there's those times in between when one is at a loss and so it's it it's so important to have other passions and the the beauty with acting actually is that those other passions then feed your creativity and they feed the job uh but it's difficult to to remember that, I think, because, you know, as with any kind of person that wants to better oneself, you can you can focus too much on what do I need to do? And this probably feeds into fitness as well, doesn't it? But what do I need to do to get better when actually sometimes it's the, it's the I'm going to go out for a beer with some mates tonight. That is the thing that actually feeds. That is the thing that's going to make your tape or your audition better is because you you've lived. And especially with this job, 
I think it's so important to go the thing, just what really matters. And this is true. This, I mean, goodness, this is true of, of everything in life, certainly at the moment. But just to remember what what are, what are the things that are important? Um, because I think in modern in modern society, we're we're led to believe a lot of other stuff is important, and it's just not. You know, it's really not. And so I'd say, don't yeah, don't don't get swept up in it because there's whether that be in in the in the in the desire to work, in the desire for a break, in the, you know, the, the excitement of it all. There's, there's a lot of life out there to live. Oh God, I sound like a Hallmark card, don't I? Um, <laughs> but there's, there's a lot of life out there to live and, and ultimately it feeds you if you, if you have that other thing that when you're not working or even when you're working, actually this is crucial, that you have when you are when you come off a day on set and you're exhausted, that you have that thing where you go, oh yeah, I'm, I'm reading that book. I'm writing that book. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm doing that. Oh my goodness, doing that jigsaw, whatever it is, the tiny little thing or, or something that's broader, you know, I'm, I'm becoming a chef, you know, training to be a chef. Any of, any of that kind of stuff is, is, is absolutely vital. And to the point that you almost have to feel like it's almost, this is obviously specific to individual people, but it's almost about going, I'm, I'm a human being who acts. I'm not an actor. You know, I, an act, an actor is, is a bit of a strange term to me because we, we, we're someone who does this thing. I think I heard Sam Neill say this actually, but we are, we are, we are human beings who get to do this thing because I think any other way that you think about it, you can't make an identity out of being an actor because we are we are kind of mercurial and we 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 do a lot of different roles we have a lot of different people that we are playing so being the actor as the identity means you're forced to be someone who is who you can't pin down so rather be will and have my interests and my things that i do and then do this job and be so lucky and joyful to do it and then you know once the job's finished i come home and I go for a pint and I, you know, I go do the things that, that I really enjoy doing. Um, yeah. One of the other things, Will, that we'd love to hear from you is what your embarrassing workout song is. A guilty pleasure, perhaps. Something that you put on that makes you feel good. I know you do your workouts at home, so perhaps you have freedom to listen to whatever you like. <laughs> on the speakers, very loud. Um, to be honest, most of the time I'll listen to podcasts or I'll listen to audiobooks. However, my it normally needs to be something which is uh, obviously very upbeat, something which kind of riles me up a bit. Um, I actually found this song... It's it's by a band called One Desire and it's called Hurt. It is a banger, but it's like so old-fashioned rock. It's like glam rock without the glam. Uh it's like synthy electric guitars. Um I kind of want you guys to hear it. Obviously, we can't show it on here because of rights reasons, but um actually I that's not for me to say. <laughs> but but um it, it it's it's I've shown it to a couple of people and they're like, what are you, what are you doing? But it's great. It's one of these ones that I, 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 I don't feel embarrassed about it 
but I do as well. But it's fantastic. If if anyone ever gets a chance to listen to this for a workout song, it is like the kind of thing. Imagine one of those um, uh, the adv- adverts where you know you'll see someone sort of standing in a very sort of uh, upright manner, and it will be like you get your whatever. It's the kind of song that would go along with that advert. And it makes me feel like the guy in the advert. Fantastic. <laughs> oh my God, I'm sold on this. I can't wait to listen. What if we can find out that, that is being added to our Guilty Pleasures Straight playlist? Straight on the Guilty Pleasures playlist. Which you will... It's easy for you to say. <laughs> the Guilty Pleasures playlist. The Guilty Pleasures. Which you will find on Spotify as soon as possible. Right be, now, actually. I'll be, I'll be adding my latest banger. The other day I uh, worked out to the soundtrack of Fosse. So enjoy that. Ooh, what a workout right. that was. Lifting some weights to fussy. <laughs> Functional movements, Will, that's what you're on about. <laughs> Thank you so, so, so much for coming on and doing this today, Will. Um, you know, you are, I hope you don't mind me complimenting you a little bit more. Uh, you are fiercely intelligent and uh, that is some fantastic, I'm desperately trying to crack open my vocabulary cases in there, uh, some intellectual badinage that we've had. Oh, badinage. Oh, wow. That's, the, that's wow. the prize. You get the prize. That's the only one I've got. I'm not sure what it means. <laughs> Very um, good. No, and, uh, and just to share with us some of your thoughts and your uh, experiences is uh, so valuable for us to to sort of hear some of those and for our listeners to do that too. So thank you so much. Yeah, honestly, I can't thank you enough. That's uh, hearing about your process and about everything has been, I've, I've just been kind of in awe. Which oh, I've, guys, re- I've really, look. I've really enjoyed this. Um, I'm honestly so honoured to be on here. You know, it's so great. It's so great to talk to you guys because you guys know so much about this. And I really hope that people who listen kind of, really pay attention to what you guys say because as we've said before you guys actually know what you're talking about which is so important um and it, it, it's so great for me to be able to put a you know to talk about it in this way because it's yeah i i don't feel like i had the resources to to kind of learn about this stuff properly because the internet is a is a big old place with a lot of random things out there and thoughts and and granted i've spent the whole of this time just sort, sort of word vomit but you know hopefully some Some of it was (laughs) hopefully some of it was interest well let's finish it up there Thank you again, Will, for coming on. Uh, if you're listening to this now, you will hopefully have enjoyed this fantastic episode of fit to talk What a pleasure and how lucky we were to have Will on this today. If you liked and enjoyed this, then please, please share it far and wide. Uh, please like, subscribe, do all those things that people do on the old social media to share this with your friends. Tell your mum. Tell your mum. And if you enjoyed it, we've been fit to talk I'm Stefan. I'm Bobby. And if you didn't enjoy it, we've been Joe Wicks. Peace out. Yeah.